Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doom Productions podcast, a podcast hosted by Doomed Productions. I'm Jordan. And I'm Ethan. And we're here to talk about all things movies. Hopefully, you've seen us on YouTube. Maybe you've seen some of our feature films. And if you kind of want to get a deeper dive into us and our thoughts and opinions, well, you've, you've come to the right place. Uh, how are you doing today, Ethan? Oh, I thought you were asking the audience at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very well. Yeah. Just been... Uh... Been working. It's been a, it's a Monday. Yeah. It's when we record these on Mondays, so it's the start of the work week. But yeah, and you'll be listening to it at the end on Friday. You'll be listening on Friday. So the whole, who knows what's happened between when this is recorded and when you're listening. You know, this is a good place to announce. Maybe. Well, because well, it is know kind of on the logo. Well, we will be filming something this, this Friday yeah. when you're listening to it. Yeah. What that is, you will find out. Stay tuned. Yeah. We're pretty excited about the project. Yeah. Um, Something a little different from yes. the productions. Not, not the status quo over here. Yeah. It's a little bit different. But we've also done them before. I'm going to cheat. Yeah, we'll keep it vague. Yeah, we'll yeah. just stop it there. That's good enough. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, while you struggle to think about what could they be doing this Friday, what are they doing? Or Saturday. We're also the, doing There's a whole set. weekend ahead there's there's we're doing stuff this upcoming weekend that's this all weekend is doomed yeah <laughs> um anyways while you're kind of trying to think about what you think we might be doing uh we're here to discuss a question something that a question they've been asking since the dawn of cinema yeah or maybe <laughs> not maybe probably not I, we'll see um and that question is what movies can you watch that will make you a better filmmaker yeah um a lot of people when they want to become filmmakers they'll ask how do i become a filmmaker like what do i need to do and you'll hear the advice like you know film stuff make stuff right practice you know, your transitions your edits you know all that kind of stuff and then people will tell you just to watch movies yes. and no one will tell you or very few people will tell you how watching movies will make you a better filmmaker. So now is kind of a good opportunity, I, we thought, that to, to talk about, you know, how exactly does watching a movie make you better? Maybe it's first to, better to start with that. How do, yeah. What about watching a movie will make you a better filmmaker? Well, you're, it's a great reference point because you're seeing, you're learning what's your taste through that mm -hmm. without having to go through the trial and error process of making a whole bunch of things to find what you like. Because you can kind of pull from movies that speak to you, whether it's thematically or genre or, or whatever. There's an infinite number of things in movies that can speak to you. But you can kind of just kind of workshop what connects, what doesn't. And from there, you can kind of narrow down a body of work. And whether that's for a specific movie you want to make. Because mm -hmm. I know for, for us, we'll usually sometimes find like inspiration movies, whether that's through, for like the cinematography or whatever. Um, the directing, the acting choices, um, all those things kind of funnel and filter through your brain. And then you come out of that with reference points of your movie style. And that's how you grow. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one avenue, I guess, that will help you grow. I think I think it's kind of like learning a language. Yeah. Um, because, because, like, if you're learning a language, you have to be immersed in You First, mm -hmm. you go to class. You learn the rules, the grammar, but you have to speak to people. You have to listen to people. You have to 
read and write in that language, whatever that is. And cinema has a, its own kind of visual uh, grammar and mm -hmm. language to it. So it's the same principle or, you know, with any other art, if you want to be an artist, go look at a bunch of art that inspires you or go look, or if you want to be a writer, go read a whole bunch of different books, exposing yourself to different works of art or new languages or mm -hmm. um, um, writings. What that does is it shows you what's possible and what you can do. It gives you a framework, a generic framework at the very least of here's what I can work in. Now, how do I push the boundaries forward? Yeah, I think. Or what am I interested in? What like, like you said, what makes me tick as a filmmaker? What am I interested in exploring or or developing uh, things of that nature? Yeah. I guess that's why it's important. Do you have anything to add to that? No, that was very eloquent. So. Okay, I was trying to. I, we, I've been talking a bunch today, and I feel like I need to water my throat. Hold on. <laughs> what are you drinking? Seltzer water. Polar? Polar water. Watermelon. The unofficial sponsor of Wild Boys, <laughs> Hunt for Sasquatch. Generally, uh, Shasta is the unofficial Doom Productions sponsor, yeah. but Wild Boys has their own special branding with yeah. Polar. Polar, yeah. if you're listening right now, uh, hit us up. Yeah, I drink probably like five gallons of, <laughs> of polar water. Do you hear how dedicated Jordan is, Polar? Why aren't you messaging us? I know. Slide into those DMs. Anyway, so if you feel hear me like a nasty like noise of like if you just hear a hot dog through... sliding through mud, like <laughs> kind of. Well, that's how, how do you drink water? No, I mean if you hear a gross kind of liquidy noise, it's probably me swallowing my water because talking a lot makes my throat dry and then i trip over my words and you know that's okay what were we talking what were we actually talking about wow damn it how we, many minutes in are a we? tangent just... six minutes in wow that's unusual um wow i genuinely forgot what we were talking about usually we just make it 20 minutes we just went over the idea of why watch, how, why, how okay yeah. how make you watching movies mm -hmm. will make you a better filmmaker yes. okay yes those are reasons <laughs> um now here we wanted to get into some practical kind of movies you can look to for specific ways of improving. Mm -hmm. um, now, we haven't sat down. We haven't talked about this before. In fact, we haven't even... I don't even think we sat down and tried to think about these prior to... Um, You're getting the candid Doom Productions yeah. thought process here. <laughs> I mean, I think to an extent, if we came into this pre-meditated with a list, yeah. that would, I don't know, feel... I mean, maybe we would have been better prepared, but like... It would have been a bit more prescribed. It would just more listy kind of yeah. thing. And I think having us this be more organic is just as it comes to us, that that's really good. So yeah. I guess, first up, if someone is a fresh, brand new kid, let's say they've seen Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, or Marvel movies, and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do what the Russo brothers do, or I want to do what, you know, so-and-so does. So very generic, yeah. very standard. Like, I yeah. haven't been exposed... You haven't seen... To, like, yeah. I hate this word, but, like, quote-unquote high cinema or, yeah. like, you know, art film cinema yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you're a brand spanking new, you know, filmmaker... Yeah. Or want to be a filmmaker, what's a movie that they can watch, that someone can watch and be like, oh, like, that's that's what you can do with movies or that that is... That's something new or different. Yeah. So if you're coming from that... I guess, traditional blockbustery Hollywood background, and that's kind of all you've been exposed to. I think 
I mean, I guess this would also just depend on the person. Mm -hmm. um, but my first thought goes to like, okay, what's kind of that vein, but adjacent. Mm -hmm. And my first thought goes to just like the A24 umbrella yeah. where it's very, it's still in that like traditional Hollywood vein, but they still, they, they take a lot and they, they it gets into that artsy fartsy realm and mm -hmm. kind of moves in and out of that. So um, I think of stuff like um, Green Knight, um, I'm not going to say the lighthouse. I'll say the lighthouse. You can say the lighthouse. <laughs> I, not that I don't agree with the lighthouse. I just say the lighthouse all the time. Yeah. I'm, trying to make, I'm trying to be better. The witch. It's new year, new me. Hereditary. The witch, hereditary. Yeah, all of those. Uncut gems. Midsummer. Yeah, I think that's just um, a good... I'm sorry, it's not a specific movie, but just the A24 umbrella, I think is a great start into the more artistic side of Hollywood. And I think it's also... I like what you said it's like adjacent to the blockbusters because A24 there is a people believe that it's independent movies and you know what it is produced outside of physical LA Hollywood but they got A-list stars in it yeah they got a couple million dollars for each project that's a that's a big Hollywood movie in my opinion yeah or film industry movie I should say that is unobtainable from someone at our level yeah Unless you're like Bill Gates or whatever. Yeah. And you have all that money just to spend. Yeah. Um, so that's putting it as like, okay, so you've seen a bunch of Marvel movies, blockbusters, you saw Free Guy or whatever. I, I don't know what, you know, there's so many different blockbusters out these days. Here are some different kinds of movies to get yeah. you an idea of what's possible. Yes. Here's what else is out there. Yeah. Um, and that'll help you as become a better filmmaker because if you want to make a movie... Um, you should kind of, again, as we said, immerse yourself in everything you can. Mm -hmm. Everything and anything. And here's why we recommend, I, this is assuming why I would recommend yeah. 824 to any newcomer. Mm -hmm. Like if a high schooler came up to me, I would say 824 because a lot of kids or people just in general have a kind of aversion to um, older movies yeah. and they're kind of hard to get into yeah like as much as i would love to say oh watch like the hollywood brats from the 70s watch like scorsese here's Kubrick, some citizen kane for you, you know <laughs> even like jane campion yeah. or like some more like 90s stuff even that might be a little bit old mm -hmm. i mean oh, the yeah. 90s were that was 30, 30 years, years ago. ago i mean we're it's not old. fun to say but um you know so what here's what why so you watch an a24 movie or you know an art see fartsy kind of blockbuster kind of movie like even a Denis Villeneuve kind of thing yeah, like yeah, Enemy yeah. did mm -hmm. you see Enemy yet? no oh it's so good anyways you watch one of those movies and then watch like an interview with those directors and they'll say who inspired them and they'll probably point you to someone who was making movies in the 90s or 80s or 70s mm -hmm. so then watch different stuff figure out what contemporary director you like their work of and then work backwards. That's a great idea. And then work, so like Edgar Wright loved Sam Raimi. So then watch a bunch of Sam Raimi movies. Mm -hmm. You know, Sam Raimi like so-and-so. And then watch a bunch of so-and-so movies. And kind of work your way backwards. That way you kind of continue on this trail of like, it's somewhat familiar. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just jumped into the 70s blind and you're not really a fan of gritty crime movies. If you watch Scorsese's 70s <laughs> movies, oh boy, you're in a, for a rough time, I think. <laughs> If you just jump, and then it might turn you off of watching. Um, I hate seventies movies. It uh. might feel it might feel a little more like yeah. homework. So, yeah. Again, if you want to be a better filmmaker, you got to watch as much stuff as possible, 
one, to figure out your taste and what you're interested in, but also just to be exposed to different stuff and watching it through the lens of, I like this filmmaker, this filmmaker was inspired by this other filmmaker, and just work your way backwards. Yeah. Uh, which is a great way to watch a, watch movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, more practical, like becoming a filmmaker as a director, what's a movie where you can really, I guess, get a sense of a director's presence? Okay. Or what exactly a director does? Because we all see those names that say directed by... Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan or Peter yeah. Jackson or, or, who, or whoever else you're watching. Um... When that name comes up, it's kind of abstract what that means, maybe. It can yeah. be. Yeah. So what's a movie where you can feel, like, the auteurness um, of the director and their personality? Yeah. To see how... And maybe what are maybe a better way to answer this one is, like, what are a handful of different kinds of movies where you feel the director to kind of show how, like... This director is different from this director yes. is different from... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think you brought up Edgar Wright. That's mm-hmm. someone who's got a very... You can you can tell an Edgar Wright movie from anyone mm-hmm. else. He's got a very kinetic style of shooting. Yeah. Um, a lot of wit, a lot of... It's fast-paced edits mixed with fast-paced dialogue, a lot of comedy, um, and a lot of action within that as well. Think of stuff like Baby Driver, um, Shaun of the Dead, um, Hot Fuzz. Like, if you watch those, I think you get a very clear idea of who Edgar Wright is as a director. If you had to pick one, though. Oh, if I had to pick one. Just only one and only one. I think I'm going to have to go with Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. I'm going to go with Hot Fuzz. I think it's so it's But so also, tricky. that's my favorite Edgar Wright, so maybe it's a little biased. Uh, Hot Fuzz is a good one. I like... I like that one. I'm trying to think of when I think of characteristically, what is so like, oh, that is so Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. I guess you're right. I think I would. I think Hot Fuzz, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. got the humor, it's got the genre blending. Yeah. It has genre his genre blending. That's another thing. His it I, he it has all his kind of formal techniques that he uses. You know, music syncing. Yeah. You know, the whip pans, the smash zooms, the British, <laughs> the Britishness <laughs> of it all. That's a good pick. Yeah, I, I Hot Fuzz. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um. Another director, someone who's kind of contemporary, I think. Gee, I didn't think about anything. I was just listening to what you were saying. I should have been thinking about another director. <laughs> that's what's so hard about podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> should I be true. listening or should I be thinking of the next thing I'm going to say? It's it, the worst. I think another one who's very different but also is good is, again, not to harp on. I know exactly what you're about to say. Do you, I'm going to say Edgar Wright. All right. No, no, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing oh, my, my answer? <laughs> Robert Eggers. Okay, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Okay, I think I know. Okay. So, Robert Eggers uh, directed The Witch and The Lighthouse. Yeah. Our favorite movie. One of our favorite movies. Speaking of A24. (laughs) I know. Um, Very different than Edgar Wright. Lots of things are very, a lot more still. The camera lighting is a lot more, I guess, I don't want to say realistic, but there's a real yes a real net there's kind of a realism to it all Mm -hmm. um and it's historical Mm -hmm. so it's kind of rare to have like movies set so like far like in the past feel so real to really harp on like the language that that characters use yes and if you're comparing a robert eggers movie to how someone speaks in an edgar wright movie completely different yes and you see what those two different directors are interested in yeah um and tone i mean 
Hot Fuzz is nothing like The Witch. The Witch of the Lighthouse. <laughs> if I had to pick one, oh I like. See, I both The Witch and The Lighthouse. Those would have to be in my top like twenty or or fifty mm-hmm. movies of all time. I mean to watch The Witch again. I would have to say The Witch. Mm-hmm. I think I would recommend The Witch to someone because it's a little more accessible. Yeah, I think so too. I think I like... The Lighthouse is more our thing. The Lighthouse is more my thing. I love both of them, but I think The Witch is way more accessible to more people. Mm -hmm. Um, What is another director? What is another kind of um, filmmaker who... If we're comparing Hot Fuzz, The Witch... Who's another filmmaker to be like, oh, this person's completely, completely different. I'm going to say it. Oh, are you going to say it? I'm going to say it. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> who's he going to say? Half the people who listen are like, what's he going to say? Why does he make such a big deal? That half are like, oh, my gosh, here they go again. Yeah. It's Zack so, Snyder. Yeah, it's Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder. Um, in terms of styles... Uh, or I'm, I'm just going to not dump into it too much. If you know Zack Snyder's work, very stylized. He pulls a lot from comic books. That's most A lot of his movies are comic book based. Um, and he has this very heightened reality um, style. I want to add to that. I think yes. in this case... Yeah. So, again, if anyone's not aware, which you probably are, we're both big snacks, Zack Snyder fans. This isn't a diss on him. Yeah. I think comparing Snyder mm-hmm. to... Directors like Eggers mm-hmm. or uh, Edgar Wright might be a little misleading. Is not the right word. Got it. I, I see He's working at a much higher budget with different, far different concepts. I think it's a yeah. lot more fair to compare someone like Snyder to someone like the Russo brothers. Got it. Or even contemporary Steven Spielberg or yeah. Peter Jackson might be a better or um, Gore Verbinski, who directed Lone Ranger and Rango mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Mm-hmm. Because those are blockbusters. That's a good While point. I do love Snyder, and I love his blockbusters, I think he's the best blockbuster director out there today. Yeah, his work I think is better compared to contemporary blockbuster directors because he's working in that is such a different world than you know the under five million dollar budget kind of movie where he's working into the the two hundred. Yeah, million the, dollar the, movie the truly big budget yeah but i do agree yeah i agree that he's someone to look at yes but pairing with right yeah. and eggers maybe not so much i see but at the yeah. same time there is something there but mm-hmm. yeah i, I, I agree I and more disagree. to stylization than yes. budget level um let me think of another answer you say something. Well, I mean, just I mean, again, I think if we're talking blockbuster directors, obviously the people to look at are Chris Nolan, Denis Villeneuve, Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson Steven Spielberg, Zack Snyder, Gore Verbinski, James Cameron, mm-hmm. um, George Lucas, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. Um, and while those movies on the service may not seem totally completely different, I think you can look for subtle differences there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we're, you know, Edgar Wright, mid mid budget. Edgar Wright and, yeah. and uh, Robert Eggers, very, very different filmmakers um, with different sensibilities, excuse me, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like better to study those drastic changes before studying the subtle ones. But again, yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. we could go, I feel like... Digressing uh, from that. You're digressing, yeah. Um, so far, Hot Fuzz, 
The Witch. The Witch. Snyder, but kind of not Snyder, but, oh, but Snyder. S- Snyder with the asterisk, big asterisk. Yeah. Um. Who who else? I'm, I know. I'm trying. I'm going into my IMDb. Um. Oh, someone like well, oh, maybe this might not. Someone like Matt Johnson. I know he's that's that's on the lower end of that budget Much for lower. sure. But that's someone who, again, is still in that, like, not big budget, but has very distinct style. If you're watching, like, Nirvana, the band, the show, a TV show, not a movie, but also something like mm-hmm. um, Operation Avalanche. Um, it might have some similarities to something like Edgar Wright, but but not quite. But the cinema kind of... Yeah. Verte style, like the pseudo documentary, mm-hmm. that is something that I think I can't think of a big budget director who's doing that. Aside from he works in TV, but Nathan Fielder, yeah, and he's not necessarily directing everything, but he is he every show he touches does kind of have that Nathan for you vibe, vibe, yeah. Um, and that's hard, but I think, yeah, Matt Johnson, in terms of I think that's a I get. I know. I get. It's I like want to say right yes, in the... but I also want to say that I think he's too low budget. He's yeah. a better example of what you can do with next to no budget. Yeah. So it's like the opposite Snyder mm-hmm. thing. It's the opposite. So yeah. again, I'm agreeing but disagreeing. Yeah. Um, that's why I said Operation Avalanche. I know that's probably one of his bigger budget things. I'm trying to sneak it in there. Oh, if we're talking um, blockbuster movie directors for a second, the Wachowski siblings. The Wachowskis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fantastic filmmakers. Also George Lucas. Well, I said that. Oh, did you? I yeah. Didn't, oh, I did. I missed that. I missed it. No okay. worries. Um, pardon us as we just scroll through. I know. <laughs> Letterbox. Well, some people are like, oh, shoot, I haven't watched enough of their stuff to like say the answer for sure. So I'm just like holding off. Well, I think um, another filmmaker, very different, like than the stuff that we usually do, would be. Um, so we have Robert Eggers, The Witch, uh, Edgar Wright, Hot Fuzz, um, Daniel Dustin Cretton, who most people probably know because he just directed Shang-Chi, but he did a kind of a streak of, um, um, drama movies. Like he was an indie director for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's Destin Daniel Cretton. That's his name. Um, he has this great movie called Short Term 12. Um, and he did, I think he did Just Mercy and he's done a couple of, Brie Larson's been all in all of his movies and this was before she really blew up. So I feel comfortable. I feel like that's a comfortable comparison because obviously make a Brie Larson movie now, that's not really low budget. At the time, I don't think she was super mega huge. So Daniel Dustin or Dust, ah, Dustin Daniel Cretton, I think he's a good example of a director to kind of throw in there in terms of a contemporary director who's got a different style um than either of the two yeah um but yeah like short term 12 obviously i would say short term 12 is a is a great one kind of i mean it's not documentary style but it's got a very kind of organic feel with handheld camera work in and stuff like that um if we had to pick, I feel like we should pick five. Who are who are like? Uh, we need two more, two more directors. Hold on. 
you 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 looking on I, i've got someone who i'm like <clears throat> oh man this answer doesn't work as well anymore it's like minus two of his movies mm-hmm. i would say ryan johnson if you'd got rid of star wars and knives out <laughs> If you're looking like at things like Looper and like Brick, Looper's still pretty big. I know. I, I would I would assume. This is a hard. I mean, maybe we should have sat down and <laughs> thought about. Oh oh oh! You know, <clears throat> I know who. Um, oh, but it's so similar. You know, it's similar, but I don't care because she's awesome. Anna Lily Amapur mm-hmm. directed um, "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night." Oh yeah fantastic vampire movie great director um i would throw that one out a girl walks home alone at night that's a great movie where you can kind of feel like a different style and and tone and and you you feel the hand of the director on it yeah where when you watch it like oh when people say that filmmaker has a point of view that's a point of view right there Mm -hmm. i think um yeah and maybe that's a little similar to The Witch. Yeah. Robert Eggers a little bit. But it's also not. It's It kind of is. I don't know. I feel, okay, what's what's one more? We need like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. I'm showing Ethan a letterbox. He's that's giving me his, his stand. Oh, well, just seeing like if he agrees because I think it's a good one. Sorry to have like so many just like pauses. Well, well, that and just like these are very cliche choices. Like these are already kind of popular directors. But again, this is for folks who, um, who want to know what a director's presence, you know, yes. what an individual director can offer a movie. Yeah. And so if you stack up Hot Fuzz, The Witch, um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, short term 12 and mm-hmm. this last one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what so, do we get damien chazelle mm-hmm. with who's done things like whiplash and la la land mm-hmm. um yeah what was it there was a question beyond that well like how me? well how does he i mean what does he bring to it all i mean it's a lot of rhythmic musical mm-hmm. type movies um very tight editing mm-hmm. um a lot of character stuff too. Yeah, um, really intense character stuff. Um, good kind of mix. Kind of gets into that that Edgar Wrighty a little bit with the musical, but at the same time. But those are that doesn't define. No, no he no, doesn't no, no. make the um, mundane fantastical. Mm-hmm. Edgar Wright does that. Yeah, Damien Chazelle kind of makes music fantastical because mm-hmm. he comes from a musical. A mu- he 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 went to school for music, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good example. I've never seen La La Land. You've never seen it? No. You liar. You filthy liar. How could you do this to me? Uh, no. Um, I saw Whiplash twice though. Whiplash is very good. I think, yeah, I think, and you know, just because these other guys popped in my head, um, I'm the, Lulu Wong, The Farewell. I, that's been Fan- my list for so fantastic long. Fantastic drama. I am personally... I think we've talked about this before. I'm not a huge fan of drama films. Yeah. We love genre and kind of some stuff that isn't quote-unquote realistic. Mm-hmm. Lulu Wong's style in The Farewell, like, that's the kind of drama I love. Like, those kind of, those style of movies. And mm-hmm. she's a, 
She's a fantastic... She did a great job with that. I think she's only done short films prior to that, really. Yeah. I think that was her... I remember looking her up after trying to find more stuff. And... She didn't have a whole lot, but... Yeah, it's a really small... Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And also very different from all the other directors listed so far. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we spent a lot of time on this one question, uh, which was originally, what what are films you can watch to feel the presence of a director, to kind of know what their job is Yeah. more? Um, we've already went through all of them, so we're not going to do it again. What are... Okay. <laughs> Trying to... That was a long segment. I know, a long segment. Sorry, people. In terms of specific jobs, like let, let's let's not put into a category. Think of a movie and what you can learn from that movie. So, for instance, um, I think something like Burning, the <sighs> Korean movie, South yeah, Korean. Yeah, yeah. Movie. no, I, I was looking for a moment to bring up Burning at some point. I was oh, trying to find the right st- category. You, you took well, it from well me. Uh, this is con- for my example. Pick. It's a great pick. Burning, I think, is an example of how dialogue can be treated as literature I think mm-hmm. like is so much of that movie I mean it's driven by the the words that are spoken and the words that aren't spoken and from a film perspective like technical wise it's got fairly standard coverage it's very well done that's not a knock on the coverage or how it's all edited and shot and all that kind of stuff very brilliantly well done mm-hmm. but what really stands out is the dialogue and excuse me gosh um what stands out in that is the dialogue and how it's very um understated yeah i think understated is a good word um it's not very flashy aaron sorkin if you want to watch like which if you want to learn about screenwriting you know watch something like uh you know the social network that's a great Mm -hmm. kind of script people in that movie talk very differently than people in Burning. And part of that is, you know, different countries, different languages. But the way that Burning uses dialogue is very different than how Social Network uses dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I would say the Social Network is more comparable to a play, whereas Burning is more comparable to um, a piece of literature, like a, like a book to sit down and read. That's not saying that Burning is better. That's saying it, to me, sounds like dialogue that I can read off out of like, you know, a 12,000 page kind of drama book. Mm-hmm. Whereas Social Network is like, oh, I'd go to Broadway and I'd see this performed on stage. That's an interesting comparison. That was all my example. I That probably didn't help. But <laughs> so anyway, what are, what are movies? What's a great movie? Or I guess what's easier to answer. What is a movie that you've seen? And what was something you took away from it? What was something you learned from it? Yes. I don't watch movies. <laughs> Here at Doom Productions, we don't watch movies. We don't watch movies. Because we don't have to. No, just kidding. Um, I'm trying to think of like... Something that's got like a really specific needle point kind of to it. Um, that's what's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's tricky. Man, I should have looked stuff ahead of time, man. Well, we didn't plan this out before. And no, that's... we didn't. We didn't. Um... Every time there's a pause, I think of the audience and just like, just say something already. Screaming at, just, screaming at us. We're just sorry. Pick something. We're sorry. Um, <laughs> I th- the movie ones are always the hardest. Always the hardest. Um, uh, well, I'll, I can suggest something. Okay. Because I know we've taken from this movie before. What you got, Mandy? 
Like uh, Panos, Cos- Cosmatos. Because I know we, we, but you're the cinematographer out of us, so yeah. I know you took stuff from that. Yeah. Or rather, it was kind of up our alley and, and there's it stuff we like learned from it. pushed us another step further into that realm. So what can you learn from Mandy? You can learn how to not be a little baby when it comes to lighting and light <laughs> things normally. <laughs> Natural lighting, get out of here. All red lighting, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I mean, Matt, Mandy, come, dive, dive, uh, stepping back a little bit here. Um, no, Mandy is something where it kind of challenges just traditional shooting methods where you're constantly changing um, the color of the scene. Um, there's fades and wipes and all kinds of weird editing choices that they'll make throughout it. It kind of is a great movie if you're if you're in a rut on how you should shoot something or mm-hmm. if you're like used to shooting things in one specific way and you want to kind of find something totally different um mandy's a great jump in if you want to kind of just dive into the deep end of like how far cinema can go to look mm-hmm. a certain way because um, it's just got so many weird choices yeah um that work super well if you're into experimental film yeah. too and kind of trance films and kind of something that's a little bit different, I think it's also a good example, maybe for people, well, people who aren't into that stuff to like dip their toe into the water mm-hmm. um, because I've said it before, but I've, I firmly believe that a, that um, a movie is more than just a script. There's mm-hmm. an idea that's perpetuated in Hollywood that, you know, a movie's only as good as its script or as its story. And to me, filmmaking is not story filmmaking is film it's its own thing because when you talk about story they really are just talking about literature yeah mandy's a great example of you know it's a story we've seen before dialogue wise it's very sparse Mm -hmm. you know i think the main character probably says like 50 lines no not even like 20 lines maybe at the very most a lot of its narration a lot of its narration it's it's an experience that's unique to films it's still yeah. it tells the story in a new way in an interesting way it's not even like in a very original story and the director said that you know mm-hmm. it's very plainly it's you know about a, a guy something bad happens to his lady revenge revenge like very cliche very overdone uh but done in a way that's so different yes yeah. completely nick i've said i remember when i saw i said nick cage has made this exact same story a billion times and a yeah. lot of his direct-to-dvd cheap mm-hmm. kind of movies never like that and yeah. never has it utilized him like that yeah um so i think mandy's a great pick yeah for i guess both cinematography but mm. how and you don't really need a amazing script no i don't think because you can you make just need movie- nicholas cage <laughs> yeah you need nicholas cage you can tell all that with tone and mood and atmosphere and editing and lighting and all that kind of stuff yeah um thank you that was that pick was all mine i worked hard on finding that one yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what's a good movie to think about when you talk about like editing. Mm. Like, what can you learn from? Obviously, Edgar Wright has very punchy editing, very kind of flashy editing. Yeah. So, Hot Fuzz is definitely in my head. Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim are probably his Scott most, Pilgrim. yeah, his most like, oh my gosh, look at the editing! Like, it's all mm-hmm. in your face. Yeah. What's a more subdued edit? Yeah. What's something that's a little more subtle? Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to find that mid-tier because I think of like big movies. I'm like, oh, that's got really interesting editing, but it's not not the right, not the right thing. Yeah. Again, again, more of a flashy kind of thing, but Memento by Chris Nolan. Mm. That's a that's a good example of uh, like here's how editing can since change. Since you brought stuff. up Nolan, yeah, uh, Tenet I think has interesting editing choices in it. Not yeah. necessarily. I mean, it, it's just it's yeah. Dunkirk. Dunkirk probably more so. Again, that that goes back to t- but, Nolan's thing on playing with time. Yeah. Um, so it's editing in a different way, but it can show you that you don't need things don't need to be linear. Yeah. They can be a little bit complex and yeah, um, a little back and forth. Back and forth. You don't need to you know actually a better director of that, I think. Not better, but like a more Better subtle yeah. because Nolan t- will take that premise of editing mm-hmm. of like playing with time and that'll be like I don't mean gimmick in a bad way but that'll be kind of the gimmick throughout the movie like yes. Memento is told backwards yeah. Dunkirk is told at in different times different rates different rates yes Tenet deals it's, with time travel yeah someone like um, Park Chan-wook mm. uh, who directed Old Boy oh okay um, but I think he plays with time in a very interesting way in his movies. And I think a good example of that is his movie Stoker. There's a scene where, I mean, the best way to put it is, you know, a scene at a key point in the movie will reach its kind of high point. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to something seemingly completely different. And it'll play out. So let's say you are shooting, um, you're at scene... A, B, C, D. You're at scene D. Mm-hmm. It will cut from... It, will, it won't It will show E, F, G. It'll instead cut to scene H and play out scene H longer than it would. And in, through doing that, it'll show you E, F, G peppered throughout that. Oh, That's weird. the best way I can explain without describing it exactly. But Stoker is a good example of like showing... There is some kind of more flashy editing, but from a narrative point of view skipping over some things and leaving you with some questions um i mean just in his movies he's got a lot of that kind of stuff but i think stoker is a good example that was his first um english language movie mm-hmm. and i think that's a pretty pretty good example of 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 that um the, the, the real thing that we're learning from this podcast if you want to learn cinema you should be watching korean cinema yeah i know <laughs> really watch <laughs> korean movies you'll learn a lot um are there any other editing movies you can think of? It's that thing of like the second we stop recording this on my drive home, be like, we're gonna think Why about didn't it. And I say that. Yeah. Let's just move on. Okay. Um, just get to that. Get to that. Editing, point. being a better filmmaker. What's um? Jeez, what are other aspects of filmmaking? That we covered writing a little movies. bit. We talked about editing a little bit. Um, we talked about directing. Is it all you can learn from movies? I think I think something that's valuable for someone at our level mm-hmm. when you're watching movies or even someone who's just starting out as a filmmaker, you kind of learn to a certain extent. I mean, this is a little bit of from trial and error as well and from practicing actual filmmaking, but you learn what's approachable and like what you can do. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of figure out like, oh yeah, I could film a scene where three people are talking and it's on a bridge and that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do that. You can also watch, you know, Hollywood movies like, I'm not going to probably shoot a, ro- a movie with robots tomorrow that are like <laughs> st- story, three stories tall. Um, 
So I think it's kind of nice to be like, I could do that. And I think that's that's a film school thing where they'll have you like shoot a scene from a movie. I feel like I've seen people talk about that in their film school experiences where you shoot a scene from a movie, you have to just recreate it. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important thing to, to kind of get a, 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 not a handle on. Um, yeah. And I think you can, that is something, I think that's a less important thing or less huge thing. Um, but I think it's still there. I think, well, I think that's really important. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think... Yes, then it is really important. Well, yeah. well I think even something we learned a lot mm-hmm. is like when we saw a movie and we're like, oh my gosh, look at what these people are doing with no money or very little resources. It inspires you mm-hmm. and shows you what you can do. So I think that is a good avenue to go down. So someone like Matt Johnson. So watch The yeah. Dirties, Operation Avalanche. Very, very... I mean, that he was the first guy to... To, I think really blow us away Yeah In terms of Oh my gosh That's like You know So obtainable Obtainable and not obtainable It's like yeah. That's so genius Like yeah. everything about that Is so genius What he's doing mm-hmm. And he has almost no resources So that's a, such a good example Of like a High budget Or not high But low budget low. version mm-hmm. Popular Other popular people I mean the bigger one Is Clerks Mm, El Mariachi yeah. Yeah. by Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Robert Rodriguez famously made El Mariachi for seven grand, I think. Yeah. And he sold his blood and did a bunch of, became a guinea pig in drug experiments to get that movie funded. Um, so that's a, that's a good one. What are, I mean, we haven't, we've talked about this a little, but what are YouTube feature films that people could watch to like, learn um, from yeah i think that's a good point kind of segue into what we do and what yeah this community we're kind of a part of yeah um do we want to go into different styles or were we going into just what you can I, learn from watching i think what you can learn like what's a what's a movie that's really that was released for free on youtube by someone with relatively no budget mm-hmm. where it's like oh my gosh look at what you can do i thought you'd need a you know show you something that's different than hollywood I mean, big example of something that came out recently is Void Man, yeah. which blew both of us away. A, a movie with scope of with yeah. huge scope. You can tell. I mean, obviously, it's a movie made just by friends mm-hmm. working together and trying to pull this project off. But the scale in which they do everything um, is really incredible. I think, particularly to filmmakers, I yeah. think if you're a filmmaker, you'll probably really like get what they're doing i think you'll you'll see that and it'll kind of blow you away more than maybe someone who's not into filmmaking yes so i think there's some great particularly the first i think we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. the opening 30 minutes or so Mm -hmm. is just moving all the time yeah and that's a good example of like what movement can yeah do in a movie Mm -hmm. um i think the first movie i saw on youtube that really truly Blew my well. There's two. I'll yeah. go. Well, this isn't actually the first. The first one was Island by Joel Haver. Yeah, which I don't think we we've. Well, yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> Throw it throws out all of your preconceived notions about what filmmaking can be, mm-hmm. and like, oh my gosh, you can make a movie like this. Island does that and will expand your mind. And yeah, and that's a movie. I don't rewatch YouTube feature films as much as I. Is like other movies that I've seen yeah. or whatever. Island I've come back to so many different times. Mm-hmm. Island was the first movie that showed me like, oh my gosh, this is what you can do with a 
with no money on just on YouTube. Yeah. The the next one I may, might have been the only other one. No, there's two other ones. But the next one, Seventh by RC Films. Great pick. That's a movie that could play in theaters. 100%. That's a movie that can play on Netflix. That movie has is so accessible to people who are into stuff like Chronicle, Blair Witch Project, um, kind of more blockbustery type yeah. stuff. I think... The Super 8, I think people like Super 8 could get into it. Super 8, yeah, that's a great pick. I think that's a movie where if I'm a... If I'm a high schooler, and or if a high schooler came to me and said, "Oh, I want to be a filmmaker, but what can I do with no money? You know, it's not going to look any good, or it's not going to feel like a real movie." I would show them silent and be like, "You're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong." Because this movie is crazy. It's amazing. It feels very contemporary. It doesn't feel like it's a cheap movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, it feels like, again, I would. It feels like the exact kind of thing I would see browsing through Netflix, and it's mm-hmm. crazy to me that that movie isn't more popular yeah outside of the youtube space mm-hmm. so seventh 100 percent of the way yeah great pick they rc films is in terms of scope i think mm-hmm. they have a great like they're able to capture scope so well yeah who else just <laughs> quiet there <laughs> uh i think that's something like chlorine by dan lots yeah i think that's a really good one um i think Again, cinematography-wise, the, the 922 films are always very good. And Dan's got a good grasp of again, what he can pull off. Um, mm-hmm. Dan Lotz from 922 Films is the director there. I, I'll, you know what? Mute Date by Cody Clark. Yeah. That's one where the whole movie is static shots of two people standing, really, mm-hmm. in a park, not talking. And it's all told through voiceover. And it is a brilliant sci-fi concept. Mm-hmm. Like that is a great premise for a science fiction thing, and it's told in a such an interesting, fun way where it's totally very real. It's straightforward. It's kind of like um, ground level, I should say. Mm-hmm. But it tells this story that if Hollywood told it, they would like, you know, Colin Farrell would be in it. There'd be explosions. There'd be lasers. But no, it's like plays it like this very real kind of. You buy into it because of how real Cody plays it in the mm-hmm. movie. So I think that's a mute date is another good pick that will show you like, oh my gosh, you can do this with mm-hmm. nothing, and it's just narration, and it's just like people staying in a park, and you're so engaged into the in the story and everything. Yeah, I think that's another good pick. House directed by Ethan Hansen. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Explain. Let me just say. If you want to go into movies that do a lot with a little, this sounds so egotistical, but it's true. I'm not going to stop you. It's 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 not wrong. Um, house being a sci-fi film that's set in a house, um, but it's this kind of very strange, out there kind of story that's told in a very kind of abstract, weird, horror, sci-fi bent kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie costs $40 to make. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy, and most of it was achieved just through the fact that I turned off all the lights and I filmed at night inside of a house. Um, Yeah, so it's just kind of a movie that does a lot with very little dialogue. No script was written. Mm -hmm. Um, Just had very, very broad scene outlines and just kind of improvised scenes and riffed off of it and just kind of built into this kind of strange story. Very slow pace. Um, Mm -hmm. It's got a lot lot that happens in it. 
you might have more to say on it. I don't have a... No. Okay. You scored it, so I just wanted to give you a room if you wanted to talk on that. Scored in GarageBand? It was... Well, I mean, I think you covered it all, really. Like, it's a movie... If you're into experimental stuff, I would that would be the big asterisk, which mm-hmm. we are hugely... Like, we're huge experimental film people over here. We like that kind of stuff. And if we're going down that line, too, like... Say Last Day of Childhood. Oh, yeah. It's another good one. But yes. I think folks who are already into experimental films, they probably are already more keen on, like, yeah. here's what you can do with nothing. Yeah. Um, the House, for sure. Last Day of Childhood, Last for Day's sure. Last a good one for editing. For editing, yeah. I think something that feels a little more Hollywood would be um, Not Now, Ethan Stevens. And, that was one I was looking Yeah. And... Um, uh, not so amazing mm-hmm. by our C films and, and video everything. carnage by oh, production. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think those are two movies that, you know, again, they're while they're not like 100 percent like on like. And this isn't a knock against the movies. They are so close mm-hmm. to Hollywood level. They're not quite there, but they're so close that it like doesn't matter because yeah. the story throughout is engaging, because. There's certain things that we just can't capture with no money. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have the money for, like, top-tier Dolby 5.1 surrounds. Like, yeah. that's just not possible. But you can still make an awesome Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. You can still make an awesome, like, romance drama movie mm-hmm. that looks like... I would say looks like a Hollywood... Like, it looks like a Sundance Hollywood-type movie. 100%. I would say it's just as engaging, if not more engaging, than a lot of different Hollywood movies. Oh, yeah. Um, and those are more traditional kind of like oh this feels more like a hollywood movie those are great examples of what you can get away with um what time are we at i know i'm just thinking we guys we gotta yeah i mean we're, we can go on and on <clears throat> listing movies gosh we sh- i would love to but we should probably wrap it up here point is watch a lot of movies yeah you'll be inspired there's so much out there mm-hmm. there's something for everyone and so I guess the last thing we'll close with, last two things, is first off, uh, what do you, what do you, or maybe a better question, what are we working on right now? Yeah, we're working on a something this week. Yeah. A little something. A little, little project. What I can say is right after this, the reason we have to go so soon is we have to go do some camera and VFX tests. Yeah. Um, lighting tests and all that mm-hmm. right now while it's dark. At the night time. Yep. yep, we have to we have to do that. And I've been doing a lot of writing. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of writing. <clears throat> doing a lot of editing. Yep. Got this movie called The Bell Rings. <laughs> Y'all haven't heard of it. Yep. I won't keep harping on it. And that's that. <laughs> so, uh, and what are we watching this week? What have we been watching? I've, I've been revisiting The Mandalorian this week. Oh, nice. season one. Nice. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Um. Season one and season two feel very different. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, while I'm revisiting, mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of cool because I haven't watched the season one of Mandalorian in a, in a minute. Yeah, so that's been that's been fun. Um, what else am I gonna watch? The Jedi episode of season two. Oh my gosh! So, not the not the reveal of yeah. Luke. I mean, I love that, but like yeah. the Ahsoka episode that's, as its that's... own. I've watched that yeah. episode when that the week that came out. Mm-hmm. I watched that like five times that weekend. I'm watching with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. And she's seen 
up to like the first two episodes of season two, but we've just restarted because it's been a while, like mm -hmm. over a year since she's, yeah. she's, she's a big Star Wars fan, but she just hasn't gotten around to it. But I know she doesn't know what's coming in season two. She doesn't? As far Has as I know. Has she been living under a rock? As far as I know, because she doesn't seek this stuff out. Like, she's like a casual Star Wars fan. She's not but like how a, is it not? It was everywhere. Is she online? She's online. Well, she was living in Australia at the time, so I know. Because they don't get Twitter they, in Australia, I guess. <laughs> I don't think she looked, because she's not on social media like that. I, I don't think she okay. remembers. Wow. Or knows. I know she doesn't know about Ahsoka. I'm oh, pretty sure she does doesn't she know, know who? Luke. Does she know who Ahsoka is? She does know who Ahsoka okay. is. Because I've been kind of like talking about it without trying to be obvious. So I'll talk about Clone Wars stuff. Because yeah. <clears throat> I'll talk about, I'll, I'll edge in with all the Mandalorian stuff mm -hmm. and talk about Clone Wars a little bit. I'll be like, oh, Ahsoka. And she's like, oh, is that that one girl? And I'm like, yeah, it's that one girl. Yeah. So she, cool. But she doesn't know. Wow. So it's been kind of fun. The one person who like hasn't been spoiled yet. I know. I'm just, Don't let her listen to this because we just kind of spoiled it. I know she's not listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that, that, that's kind of the big thing. I haven't watched much else this last week. Um, I need to find time to mm -hmm. go see um, the, the tragedy of Macbeth, though. Oh yeah, I, I got to sick. I got to check that out. Um, for me, still watching Smallville, but I've been uh, also watching the uh, behind the scenes on the Lord of the Rings movies. Ooh. Because you know, every now and then I'll get that urge to watch the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, but you know, that's a lot of time. Yeah. And I like to do it all back to back. Whereas with the behind the scenes stuff, I can just kind of pop it on. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a podcast. I can just listen to it or I can do other stuff. It's not my full attention. And I've seen it a bajillion times too. Yeah. Um, so I just finished all of the special features on Fellowship of the Ring. I'm working through the two towers and watch all the other, um, other behind the scenes from those Middle Earth movies. Nice. It's been good. It's spe I mean, speaking of what you can learn from movies. I know. Behind the, we didn't even cover behind-the-scenes features, but I guess that's a different question. Yeah. Um, we do have a video on that, actually. Yeah, if we have an back, old video. Dig back a little ways. It's like five behind-the-scenes yeah. things you can watch. It's like the top yeah. DVD extras. Yeah, that's something. what it is. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. Well, at least I think so. <laughs> we'll wrap it up here, folks. We got to get going. Got some filming to do. Yeah. So. But if you want more Doom production stuff, be sure to hit subscribe. We put out videos every week where we talk about films and filmmaking, and we also make feature films that you can check out on our channel right now for free. If you want to support this podcast and all of our filmmaking, a great way to do that is check out our merch store. There's a link down below where you can find cool t-shirts, cool movie posters. Um, it's a great way to support us. But um, yeah, if you want to follow us also, check out our social media. We got a link tree down below. It's great great place to jump into all the doom production stuff and just to be in the know of what's coming out next but until the next episode of the podcast we will see you all later